This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the late show. Steve in for Henry tonight. I'm normally in on Saturdays here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. And I'd like to thank Vanita for having me on uh, the morning news this morning. That that was really cool. Jimmy Erickson sent the invite, and it was good to visit with Vanita. Typically, Henry chats with her at 740, but he had the day off. So so that was really good good stuff. We talked about that wild win over the, the wild win over uh, Vancouver at the XL Energy Center on President's Day. Seven goals. In in the third to win ten to seven there in Winnipeg by the way tonight, um, yeah, so so that was fun. Uh, we we talked a little Golden Goal for women's hoops. They have Wisconsin uh, tonight, and Mike Conley's new deal is the Timberwolves get ready for the post All Star break and a push for the playoffs. And at this point, not the playoffs. How about number one seed? Oh, for the Timberwolves. Speaking of sports, Ron Syrak joins us, award-winning golf journalist. Uh, Ron, always good to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Steve, uh, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Yeah, let, let's open. We, we could talk about Tiger or Jordan or, or Riviera, but how about Hideki Matsuyama? What a round on Sunday to win at Riviera. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw anybody make three birdies in a row three times in the same round. He birdied one, two, and three, uh, uh, 10, 11, and 12, and then uh, uh, 15, 16, and 17. That's just a remarkable finish. 62 on the final round on that golf course, 30 on the back nine at Riviera. That's just amazing, amazing golf. Uh, you know, we always know that, that Hideki's a great shot maker. The putters always... Uh, the question mark for him, but he was hitting the ball so close to the hole, he virtually didn't have to putt coming down the stretch. He had a couple of kick-in birdies on the back nine. He already has a green jacket on his resume, and I think it goes to show, and and Ron, you, you, you've covered the game for a long time, that you know winning the major and everything that goes with it, and then beyond that, for top-notch Japanese athletes, the scrutiny, the media coverage, I can't imagine what the pressure is like on Hideki to perform. Um, he, he has to be relieved to get a win, and in a in a big win, probably one of the biggest events on the regular tour. Yeah, you know, and and, and we see it all the time. We saw it with Ichiro Suzuki when he sure. was playing baseball with the Mariners. There were, you know, there'd be 
50 Japanese reporters following anywhere. I saw it on oh. the women's tour when Ai Miyazato, when she was out there. Uh, there'd be there'd be 30 photographers following her around, and, and it's the same thing with Hideki. It, enormous, enormous pressure on him. And, you know, he first um, um, burst onto the spotlight when he won the uh, first uh, Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship, which gets you an invite into the Masters. And then he went. And then he made the cut and 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 got people's attention. Then, when he was eighteen, nineteen years old, then he ends up winning the green jacket. There, uh, he's he's re- the first uh, Japanese man to win a major championship, and and that was just you can't emphasize what a big deal that was back in his homeland. Yeah, and speaking of another great shot maker, who's really struggling with the putter right now, and that is Scotty Scheffler, tee to green. I, I don't know if there's anybody in the world better than Scotty Scheffler, but I, I, I saw a number on the telecast over the weekend. Uh, dead last in, in strokes gained on the green. Uh, Scotty's got to figure that out in a hurry. Yeah, and he's virtually first in strokes greened everywhere else. You know, yeah. uh, off the tee, approach shots to the green, uh, just from tee to green. And, and you know, what, what he's really got to – worry about he's got to figure this out pretty soon because i've seen it happen before when you struggle with the putter long enough eventually it puts pressure on those other parts of your game you know you start feeling like i gotta hit everything really close because i can't make a putt and when you start to put pressure on the other parts of your game you start to have problems with other parts of your game so um he's got to figure it out i don't know i mean we saw this week uh will zalatoris uh, another great shot maker has gone to a long putter partially he's done that he struggled with a putter he's doing it also to to save his back but you know that might be the sort of thing that uh that scotty's got to start thinking about uh some doing something different so those putts start falling um a couple other things that that came out of riviera and that was tiger woods i think there was a great deal of concern when, when tiger had to withdraw but he said he just was sick it it, it really wasn't you know, something with his back or his knee, et cetera. And the hope is is that Tiger is able to play, you know, a competitive tournament a month. Does that sound about right, Ron? Yeah, you know, um, we have to take him at his word. And the Tiger camp is not always uh, uh, very revealing about injury situations sure. there. But it does seem like it was the flu. Several other players reported flu-like symptoms. But um, uh, if he can play once a month, um the question's going to be stamina, you know, and, and, and I don't know how he builds up that stamina so that uh, we saw it last year with the Masters when he made the cut and then he got to the weekend and, and the gas tank was empty. You know, you, you, you got to have, you got to, the only way you get game legs in golf, it's like every other sport, you only get game legs in game situations. And if you're playing once a month, are you going to build up that, that resilience, that endurance? to be able to play 72 uh, holes of competitive golf. Uh, well, if anybody can do it, it's Tiger, believe me. The number of times he's done things that people didn't think were possible to do are, are mm. too many to count. But it's tough to go out there and be competitive playing only once a month. Yeah, and, and you, you bring up this next swing on the tour is they head kind of for Florida and gear up for the Masters in April. Uh Florida's not very hilly, so you're not going to get, you know, a lot of up. It's not like Augusta National, that's for sure. 
Yeah, you know, the Florida swing, Richard, they go to Mexico this week, and then it's three right. tournaments in Florida, and that really starts the run up to the Masters through Florida. Uh, we're probably going to see him at the Players' Championship. Maybe he'll opt for Bay Hill instead. Uh, he's got more success at Bay Hill than he does the Players. But the Players a bigger tournament. I'm sure the PGA Tour wants him in the Players. And that would be his, his March tournament, and then, and then it's on to Augusta. Uh, but uh, you're absolutely right. That walk at Augusta National is a really, really difficult walk. And, and uh, uh, you know, I know when you go from number 10 tee down to number 12 green at Augusta, that's probably a 200-foot change in elevation there. And, and that's what the golf course is. It, it, it beats your legs up enormously. And when when you talk about, you know, the, the, this gear up and the, the tour moved, their marquee event, the players, the, you know, the so-called fifth major, I, mean, I guess I've never really liked that, uh, has moved up in the schedule. And then, of course, uh, the Masters. Um, the, the, there's still this live PGA Tour thing going on right now. Where does it stand at this moment in your mind? I, I just feel like even though John Ron signed the big deal, to me, it doesn't move the meter at all. I, I pay absolutely no attention to it. And that's the sense that I get that's out there, too. I don't see that Liv is gaining any momentum out there. But sadly, what's happening, though, is I, I do think it's starting to take a toll on the uh, on the PGA Tour. And mm. this has been my worry. A 48-player tour, essentially, which what, what Liv is, is really good for the top 48 play, for the 48 players that they have but it doesn't do anything else for everybody else trying to play professional golf. And we've already seen two PGA Tour sponsors, two significant ones, the Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines and uh, Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow in, in North Carolina, have already said they're not going to re-up their contracts because because of the, they've added these signature events, their nut has gone from $10 million a year to $20 million a year. And they just said, mm. we, we can't do that. And, and also, what's the impact going to be in the next TV negotiations for the PGA Tour if they can't say to the networks for sure which players they have locked in to play? So I, I think Liv's not gaining any ground, and I think the PGA Tour is, is, is being hurt a little bit by all this. So overall, it's turning out to be a not a very good thing for golf. Yeah, and it, it, it's kind of reminiscent uh, for anybody who followed motorsports when uh, IndyCar split in CART and Indy Racing League. And I still think, in some ways, the Indy 500 still isn't the same since that split. Now, you, you, you've got to be an old-timer to remember that, but it, it, in a way, I, I just don't know how you make amends and bring everyone back together. Maybe it'll happen, and a couple of years down the road, we'll have forgotten all about it. You know, Steve, what, one of the things that, uh, that Liv can never bring to you is we've had this year, we had uh, um, Nick Dunlap, an amateur, win a golf tournament on the PGA sure. Tour. We had Charlie Hoffman at 47 years old who hasn't won in eight years contending down the stretch in Phoenix. You know, those, those sort of um, um, people that you weren't expecting, we have Monday qualifiers who get into tournaments and then get on leaderboards, make the cut, and compete. Um, that... To me, that's the really, really exciting part of of PGA Tour event. When they tee it up on on Thursday, number 156 in the field in a PGA Tour event has the chance to win that golf tournament. And the fact that 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 pathway is open 
for um, for people out of the mainstream, not the top players, to come in and make a name for themselves. And that's what's being denied by, by the format that, that Liv's putting out there. Rotten Syrak joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, award-winning golf journalist, and good enough uh, to join us from time to time. LPGA Tour, uh, we'd love to get into that. Uh, they are overseas uh, until the middle of March. Yeah, you know, the LPGA is for several years now, has a problem getting their season started. They play a couple of tournaments in Florida, then they have a few weeks off, and now they go uh, – Thailand, Singapore, China, you know, and so those are played like for American fans in the middle of the night. So nobody really pays any attention to that. And then they get back to to Arizona and then they go to to, uh, uh, Houston for the first major of the year, the the Chevron championship. But but the season doesn't really kick into high gear until late March when they get back when they get back to the States. And then we have pretty much a several month run of, of tournaments every week. Yeah, and it, it, it is tremendous. I, I think what KPMG, uh, they, they've been at Hazeltine with the Women's PGA Championship. That that yep. that seems to continue to move up. Big purse. They're playing at Sahali this year. Great golf course that's hosted majors before. So th- that event continues to s- grow in stature. Yeah, you know, and, and we're seeing that with um, – all the LPGA majors and the LPGA majors are also um, raising the bar for the rest of the, of the, um, the events on tour by increasing their purses out there. Uh, as you said, the women's PGA is at, at Sahali this year. The women's British opens at the old course at St. Sure, Andrews right. uh, for, for, the, for the third time. I was there for the first two. And uh, that's a huge, huge deal. When, when, when you, you bring a women's major to an event that's held a men's major that's when you grow your sport because it brings fresh eyes to the product. People who aren't necessarily fans of women's golf are going to turn it in to see a Hazeltine or a Sahali or a St. Andrews. They want to see how the women handle those golf courses. They want to see how they set the golf courses up for them. So you're going to get people who don't normally watch women's golf watching women's golf, and then some of those people are going to like it, and they're going to become fans, and they're going to turn in the, the, the next week, or they're going to go to a tournament. It's it's really just such a plus for the women's guys. You know, they played the Women's U.S. Open at Pebble Beach last year. That's a, that's a tremendous, tremendous boost for the women's game. Uh, Ron, before I let you go, we, we didn't forget about one of the big stories, and there's a lot of hand-wringing about it. For me, it's cut and dried. And after we, we let you get on with your evening, uh, we're, we're going to talk more about it. But, but that is the Jordan Spieth DQ at Riviera. Um, e- even casual uh, golfers, people who play one or two times a year in a, uh, a scramble at the local Muni fundraiser, um, have an opinion on this. For me, it's cut and dried. He signed the wrong scorecard. Sorry, Jordan. Um, what do you think, right. Ron? <laughs> uh, I, well, I agree with you on that. Uh, and, and look, I get a lot. Of, I had a lot of people on social media. I wrote a column yeah. saying, uh, saying, you know, hey, I have no problem with this. And a lot of people came back. And and one of the things they say is, why don't they just have a score with computers? Why don't they have a score, a walk with each group, and input those scores? Yeah. They do. They do. That's how we get scores on the leaderboards on the golf course. That's how we get scores on the website. And you know what? 
Those people keeping those scores make mistakes. I've gotten burned because I tweeted based on something I saw on the leaderboard or something I saw on the website, and 10 minutes later they change it. No matter who inputs the information into a computer, it's got to be verified by somebody. And who better to verify it than the player who made the score? So no matter what technology you you use, it should always be the player should have the final say to go over the scorecard and make sure they got all the holes right there. It's not too much to ask. And I also don't like – I don't like eliminating – in sports in general, we're getting too much of eliminating the human element from games, you know, and I like that accountability there. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It goes back to now everything is reviewed. The the end of college basketball games are just – torture sometimes because they review these inbound plays over and over and over again my my point being is yes the human element not everything should be replay not everything should be electronic it it was kind of like you know certain things um you know if someone watching at home said i think he grounded his club in the trap you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that that sort of nonsense we've gone through over the years. Or wasn't it Craig Stadler? On that. Yeah. Somebody tried to get Matsuyama on that on Sunday. You know, they said, oh, his ball moved in the rough. Well, it oscillated. You know, the rule is the ball's got to change position. If the ball yeah. wiggles when you put your club down, it's not. But there were just, and this is one of the bad things social media has done. Everybody's got a platform to weigh in with their cockamamie opinion. So, <laughs> so people who don't understand the rules can weigh in. So. Yeah, uh, I, the, that was mine. Let me sign the wrong score. I, I think anybody who grew up around me, and this is what my dad said, and I think it's so true about a round of golf. And I, I've, I've never been a great player. I, I think I maybe got my handicap down to 10 when I was a much younger man. So not not a great player by any stretch. But my dad always said something, and it's so true, that even if you play 18 holes of golf, you should be able to replay after the round every shot and count it. You know, I I played a lot of competitive golf starting when I was about 12 years old and, and, and all the way through, and I have always known when I finished every round, I knew what I shot, and I usually knew what the people I was playing with shot. I, I was just trained that way to keep those scores in my head. And by the way, you know who had no problem with the DQ of Jordan Spieth in that tournament was Jordan Spieth. You know, he said, it's on me. It was my yeah. mistake. Yeah. yeah. And that, then, he, that... then he made a little joke after Matsuyama finished his 62. Jordan tweets out, hey, make sure you sign the right scorecard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I give him credit because for me, it, it was an easy one. Well, Ron, always good to visit with you. Have fun. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right. There he is, Ron Syrak, award-winning golf journalist, awards from the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour. Uh, he's written some wonderful books. RonSyrak.com is the website. It is 723. Quick break. We'll come back. More about that Jordan controversy. What do you think? It, it, are, are we wrong for saying, hey, we signed the wrong scorecard? No, I mean, that, that's, that's it. He's responsible for his scorecard. Or, or do you think that's just antiquated and the PGA Tour got it wrong? 651 here on News Talk. 830-WCCO.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Funded Todd Golf with Ron Syrak, and we, we got around to the Jordan Spieth thing, and I wanted to save it for last because I, I read what Ron uh, had to say about it, and it was pretty clear. Sent the wrong scorecard, and the kicker is Jordan Spieth didn't have a problem with it. So all these people weighing in who maybe follow golf or kind of pay attention or so on and so forth, I haven't talked to a true golfer that said, oh, that's dumb, and he shouldn't have been disqualified. Not one has said that. Now, I, I get it that people that don't pay attention to the game or don't play may not understand, but that's just part of the deal. You're responsible for your own score, period, even at the highest level of the game. And the kicker is Jordan Spieth didn't whine and cry about it. He knew what he did. He knows what the rule is. And... For me, that makes it easy. Now, Chris, um, your thoughts on Jordan Spieth missing out on potentially a huge payday for for not getting his score right? I mean, stuff happens, right? <laughs> I, I mean, it does. To, to, to put it frank, you know, stuff <laughs> stuff happens, right? Yeah, we've all made mistakes, right? I mean, we've all balanced the checkbook wrong, and oh, yeah. we've all, you know, miscalculated a few hundred dollars here and there. But yeah. if he understands the rules, if he didn't have a problem with it, as silly as we think it might be, if he knows the the rules are rules and he messed up. And, I mean, there was, what, a couple of weeks ago somebody got disqualified for misreading their tea time and oversleeping. So, I mean, th- there are, are little nuances in the rules. But, yeah, if, if he didn't have a problem with it, then I don't have a problem with it, even though yeah. I think it's kind of silly. Yeah, Michael S. Kim uh, labeled the rule stupid, even with many safeguards, while PGA Tour caddy Kip Hanley was quoted as saying, another benchmark in the dumbest rule <laughs> in all of sports. There, there's oh, I don't know. There, 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 are a lot, there, there are a lot of really, really dumb rules in sports. Yeah, th- this one, though, up front, you're responsible. That way... As Ron pointed out, they, they they keep it for TV, they keep it for the Internet, they have live scoring, etc. But every player knows you're responsible 
for your score in signing that card. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't blame it on anybody else. He's like, no, yeah, no. I, it was. He, 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 he owned yeah. it, and that, and, yeah. and I I appreciate that because so many times in life we're like, well, it wasn't my fault. I didn't. Everybody's like, you know, the shaggy. It wasn't me. Well, no, it it was you. And then it, I just I have immense respect for him saying, hey, I screwed up. My bad. LOL and move on. He's like, yeah, I messed up. Yeah. And it's happened before. I believe Roberto Divas Senzo in the 60s lost a Masters over an incorrect scorecard. Imagine that. Uh, quick break. We'll have an update on the weather. And then Joe Polad visited with Jason DeRosha on drive time with DeRosha today from the spring training in Fort Myers. We'll have some of that for you coming up here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We have had a ton of coverage from spring training already, as you might expect. And drive time with Derasha has been there all week, Jason Derasha, and that trend uh, will continue. And, of course, we visit with Bobby Nightingale from the Star Tribune, get an update on the players. It's still very early, but uh, there's a lot of optimism. Hope Springs Eternal, etc. Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, Royce Lewis, uh, three key guys in the heart of that lineup are all raring to go for the Twins as they try and win the division for the second year in a row. Now, earlier, Jason DeRosha, producer Dan Cook, had a chance to sit down with Minnesota Twins Executive Chair Joe Polat. Uh, you may know his grandpa, Carl Polad, his grandma Eloise, bought the twins from Calvin Griffith and family way back in the day. And Carl and Eloise ran the club. Jerry Bell was president. Dave St. Peter has been front and center for a long, long time. And uh, eventually, uh, this executive chair role has, has moved to the third generation with Joe Polad. Once again, Joe visited uh, with Jason earlier today. And right up front, talked about uh, the team looking to build off last season's momentum. I think our team is going to come out and perform. Um, uh, Again, going back to the last uh, conversation, I think they're going to come out swinging and want to carry over the energy from last season and uh, bring it forth to this season. Yeah, and Chris, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt there is a ton of momentum, but let's face it, in this division, uh, you, you've got the Tigers showing some promise. Uh, Cleveland just continues, in my opinion, to spin their wheels. And then you've got the White Sox and the Royals. So 2024, the Twins are the overwhelming favorite and as I mentioned right at the top, with a healthy uh, Correa, with a healthy Buxton, with a healthy Royce Lewis, mm-hmm. even though Sonny Gray's not around, boy, it, it should be their year. It really should, based on all of the hypotheticals. And, and you know, we can yep. play the, you know, we can play the what if game, you know, until the cows come home, because that's ultimately what it's going to boil down to. Because you do have guys that are in the middle of that lineup that have not been able to stay healthy. And Kansas City has gone out and they've spent some money in the offseason. And, and they signed Bobby Witt 
to a long-term contract, which I think is great for Kansas City because I think he's going to be a superstar in Major League Baseball. I, yeah. I really do. I think they've got a really good young player. The White Sox are, are kind of in abyss right now mm. because their, their farm system is gutted, and you look at their Major League roster, and they don't have anything assembling even remotely, you know, a, a, a Major League caliber, you know, starting rotation or, or lineup. Cleveland, I feel, over they overachieved last year, but they're kind of in that competitive rebuild, that, that middle ground where you got to go one way or the other. And, I mean, the, the Tigers, I'm more optimistic about the Tigers in this division, and that's not really saying a whole lot. But, yeah, at the end of the day, even losing Sonny Gray, the Twins, on paper, should win this division easily, but that's it's all boils down to the H word, and that's health. That is health, and will they get more consistency out of the lineup than they did earlier in the year? They 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 almost squandered historic starting pitching out of the gate a year ago. Oh man, did they ever? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, you mentioned Max Kepler. I don't think anybody had more of a Jekyll and Hyde season than Max Kepler oh. did. Yeah, and he turned it around at the right time, but it is interesting. How do the Twins come out of the gate and and hopefully bury these teams and play consistent baseball uh, with the bats, with the arms, and in the field this year? But uh, they've got to be overwhelming favorites in the division. More with Joe Polat, Jason DeRusha. Uh what about the television thing? Why why go back to Bally Sports North? Uh, we were um, working closely with Major League Baseball and uh, just collectively decided that this was the best path, best path um, moving forward in the short term. So that's where we're at this year, and um, we're we're going to focus on uh, twenty four now, and uh, we'll get to twenty five after that. Here's the thing with the Bally Sports North television contract, and I, I I have no inside information. Full disclosure. So you're breaking news right here. No, no, no. No. It, this, this oh, is, no. I thought you said you know inside information. It's I have no. And no. oh, okay. I have no inside information. Gotcha. This is IMO, you know, shorthand, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, I'm going to Google that. Okay, thank you. This, this is what went down. They knew... And they know at any time they want, they've got the MLB deal. That they've got in their pocket this MLB thing where they're going to be on MLB Network and Twins fans will be able to buy a streaming package in 2025 or 2026. That they have something there. The reason in, once again... My opinion, they went with Bally Sports North as they were able to come to a number, and we don't know what that number is, that works within their budget in 2024. That they said, we can make that number work with what we're planning to spend on payroll and other expenses and what we project in revenue with television, ticket sales, beer, hot dogs, jerseys, etc. They could make it work with the budget in 2024. 
The thought being is, is there still a chance an even bigger player comes in like Apple did with Major League Soccer or Amazon, who was rumored to be kicking money into uh, the, this this deal with Diamond Sports, Bally's parent. Once again, this is just in my opinion. Why not keep your options open for another year? And and Dave St. Peter has talked on our air. I, I think he did a piece with Chad Hartman talking uh, about this particular deal. In, in some way, I can't blame them for keeping their options open because MLB is going to want a long-term deal with the Twins. Yeah. If you, I, I was just going to say, and, and I, I, I certainly want you to agree or disagree with me. Why not kick the can down another year and just say, let's see how it plays out. Let's see what it looks like after the season. Things may change. More players may emerge that could give the Twins more money than MLB ever could for TV rights. Yeah, you don't know what the landscape is going to be in another year. So you take what you know, even though it's going to be pennies on the dollar. You're not getting the full value out of this because of the bankruptcy that Diamond Sports is going through right now. So you know that that's not going to be an option. I will say one thing that, and I know it frustrates Twins fans about not spending any money, and you know that's something that Joe Pola had talked about. You know, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But look at how this team is structured right now. You've got a lot of young players on very affordable and team-friendly contracts. If there's one optimistic part to all of the, the the financial uncertainty that the Twins are going through, it's the fact that Edward Julian and Royce Lewis and Matt Walner and, and a lot of these guys are not big contract guys yet. So you don't have to worry about that. You can see what happens in another year with the television rights Yep. And then use that money towards payroll. But I, I, I know fans are frustrated with it. I, I get it. I, I understand it. But I can also try and flip this around and see a bright side on it. Yeah. And to, to me, once again, from a business standpoint, I completely understand the decision. Because once again, oh, yeah, you could have gone with, you know, Rob Manfred's deal with MLB. But they aren't signing a one-year deal. They want the Twins and other clubs to sign long-term deals so they can build their thing. If the Twins don't have to at this point in time, once again, there are fans that are disappointed. But if you understand where they're coming from, someone else may emerge. It makes total sense to kick it down the road one year. Yep, yep, agreed. That's how I see it. Uh, back to Joe Polad and Jay's Darasha from earlier today. Um, what about uh, cutting payroll and scaling back a little bit this year? You know, I think uh, it's understandable from their from those fans' standpoint uh, when you just look at it on paper. Why, you know, if if we just had the success that we did last year, why we would reduce our payroll? I think in today's game, um, you 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 can see there are a number of different ways to win, and that's both 
you see that both with uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, with the Baltimore Orioles having lower payrolls and turning out uh, very successful products on the field, but also investing in other areas of their business. Um, and that's just something that we are um, really considering. That's not, pardon me, it's not even something we're considering. That is something that we're doing. Um, but without a question, uh, the television situation um, is having an impact on our business. Um, but, you know, beyond that, we're also just trying to uh, right-size our business. And uh, that's playing into it as well. And finally, could you see the Twins signing another big name before the season starts? You know, I don't think that we ever really turned down. Uh, uh, no. No. And, and, and the the reason I say no is just because um, we're going to live pretty much where we're at right now. Um, but what I will say about uh, some flexibility is, you know, when when Derek and his team um, think that there's a the right opportunity in front of us, we don't live hard and fast by a specific number. Um, that said, and you can always not, add by subtraction. Also, I mean, if something came up where you thought it would improve exactly. the team, that said, we're not going to go out and spend thirty million dollars on a player right now. All right, there he is, Joe Polad with Jason DeRosha. The entire interview available at wccradio.com. But your thoughts on those cuts? We'd love to hear from you on the talk and text line six five one four six one nine two two six six five one four six one. 9226 Twins executive chair Joe Polad on the business side of it your thoughts 6514619226 here on News Talk E3OWCCO It is the Lake Show Steve in for Henry and Chris Tubbs alongside I'm normally in on Saturdays it was fun to be in with Vanita this morning at 7:40 filling in for Henry that was cool big thanks to Jimmy Erickson for the invite to all of that Joe Polad's comments tonight, and I think in those final comments, Chris, he really got down to it. I, I think it, it goes back from from the days when uh, the late Carl Polad bought the team, he and his wife Eloise, from the Griffith family, and, you know, all these years. He, he talked about the business, right-sizing the business, uh, the budget, etc., that's how it's always been. Yeah. I, and, I mean, he, and I'm glad he brought that up. Well, he said the quiet part out loud, as the yeah. kids as the kids would say. But it's something we all know, right? This is a business. Yeah, they're in it to win, but they're in it to make money. We all know that. But I, I feel like fans are like, okay, well, where is that happy medium, though? Like, you're making money hand over fist. Why can you not put a little bit more... Back into the team. Well, why can you not go out and you know sign some? You know, go out and get a, a a top flight pitcher. You know, and why can't you get somebody else to help Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan? I, I think that's the frustration when you see these numbers that they're raking in every single year. But like you said, it's a business, and Joe Polat he, he essentially said as much. Yeah, and and I think it came up a number of times in those closing cuts before we broke. The the television deal is the television deal. And I think there are a lot of people that are saying, well, you know, they they can do this, that. They can do, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And and in reality, another key part of it is the Mets went nuts 
last offseason. So did the Padres. So did the Yankees. So, you know, all examples of blowing the doors out payroll. Now, I'm not saying you need to be the A's or the Royals or the Pirates and that. That doesn't fly with me either. It it it, it really doesn't. And if we ever got to the point, um, I, I would be a big fan if it was like the NFL and they shared all their television money equally and it'll never happen. And they had a hard cap like, like they do in these other leagues, mm-hmm. like they do in the NHL, and they have a strict cap. I know they can play some games with it, et cetera, and move money around. It would be great for baseball. It, it really, really would, but it ain't happening. No, the, the, the Yankees have, yes. The Dodgers have, there are some teams that just have their own built-in media network when it comes to televising their games. and That's not going to change. It's not going to change because those teams are making Boko Bucks. So why would they want to give anybody a piece of the pie? And, and in that respect, is it selfish? Absolutely. But... It's their business model that is working for them. If you want to do it, you know what? You figure out a way to do it yourself. But so many teams are, you know, whether it's the AT&T, you know, the, you know, Southwest Sports Network or, you know, there are a lot of teams, even if it's not Bally's, they're on other regional networks and they're dealing with the same thing. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think very interesting entire interview at WCCO Radio. Uh, dot com, of course. We've got a break. We have the news. We have the weather. Uh, my favorite space and science writer, Robert Zimmerman, joins us. His website, Behind the Black. He'll join me following the news. Stephen for Henry tonight on CUCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 